Try to get everybody to sit down. <laughs> there you go. All right, so let me explain Children's Church today. If you do have kids and feel comfortable sending them to Children's Church, it's right over there, but we understand there's a disclaimer here. Speaking as a dad with two kids in diapers, you try keeping them six feet apart um, and their hands out of their mouths, which reminds me, the Children's Church is always in need of help if you ever want to talk to Sean and Amber Seal about that. All right, so all of our adults, the parking lot is open after this. You can chat all day long. And get that suntan you've been missing that you, that you would have got if we were still out there. So let's adults make our way to our seats. Now, if you want to keep your children in here, not a problem at all. In fact, if you didn't notice, if you need some space, if you are not comfortable, um, then we have some seats over on this side where I'm pointing there where you can have spaced out seating and have your kids, if you need your kids to run around in the back a little bit, with supervision, that's okay today. We understand some different circumstances, all right? Shh, here we go. They're still, oh, no, they're doing it in waves. They're doing it in waves. The high level, I mean, like, if your last name's Stuart, you're probably a high-level offender. There's one. Uh, there's Grace hiding from me. <laughs> Don't point fingers, Gary. You're still standing and talking. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. All right, who's excited to be back in this building? Oh, breath of fresh air for sure. All right, if you didn't catch it, if you need uh, Children's Church, if you would like to put your kids over there, you can do that. But disclaimer, we can't keep them six feet apart, six feet apart and we cannot keep them from just, you know, doing kids stuff. All right, so swim at your own risk. But if you want to keep them in here, no problem at all. All right. That's all I really need to say. So for the first time in a long time in the sanctuary, can we really welcome Tim and Elizabeth, who've done an excellent job of leading the ministry. But that's really, really better. That's way better. It's way better. <laughs> By the way, I have to, <laughs> I have to tell this. I'm not sure if Irma, if she's here. Are you here, Irma? I don't. No one is in the right place. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, yesterday they they borrowed our parking lot and did a drive-by parade for um, her brother's graduation from college. And um, she texted me later and she said, "It's like the the parking lot." It's like people are really good at honking. Like everybody, <laughs> she was like, had this puzzle, and it was like how she worded it was really funny. And I told Tim, it was like, evidently, we have an anointing in the parking lot for car honking. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, in the school. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It might cause problems later down the road, but it's okay. Praise God. Uh, all right. What a special morning. Well, um, Doris and Elmer, can we go ahead and have you come up? Elmer. Elmer. Elmer, I think I just saw him go by the window. Somebody get Elmer. I told you we were ringing this. I know. It's okay. This morning we were like, okay, I'm ringing. Do y'all hear that? Like ringing, but it's fine. Okay. Uh, I, I told uh, Doris this morning we were talking, and I was like, I, I just want to do something, you know, but I don't know what to do. And I, Doris is there, I was like, we're going to set you guys in because these, well, I'll, should I wait? Come on. <laughs> Here it comes down the aisle. <laughs> Grand entrance. <laughs> what an entrance, bro. <laughs> I know. Surprise. Welcome to our world. So all this happened during, you know, really when the uh, pandemic started. But uh, Doris and Elmer have taken the Silver Saints ministry. So 
we won't name ages. We won't say ages. If you feel like you want to be in the Silver Saints ministry, you can with these very cool people. But, uh, but this morning I told Doris, let's, let's set you guys in as leaders because I feel like that'll be a punch to the devil. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's dramatic, but I feel it. So, it's yeah. not too dramatic. All right. All right, core team, come on up here. I want to stand here. Okay. okay. Somebody's still ringing. I am. It's my mic. Awesome. This is our joy. This is our joy. And and I and it's crazy because these two are kids of the house. We won't say their age, but I was a baby when these guys were around. And I just say the Lord has brought you here. Brought you home to shepherd. To shepherd. Because he said, we've been praying for good shepherds. And he said, I've got some tucked away in New Jersey. <laughs> and I'm bringing them home. And by the way, they're going to carry your DNA. Mm. And so we bless you today. Mm. We say no weight of anything of the old can hold you down. Because you're a shepherd of this house. And, and we just declare over you that God has brought you here to love and be radical, and be extreme. And we give you permission, Elmer, to do things outside the box, to think outside the box, to pursue outside the box. And so we just bless you. I, I think she's got it. I think she's got it. But we're giving it to this one because I, I just sense that you're like, there's been a lot of ropes put around you. That said, you have to be this way in the church. And we just say, we give you permission to be Elmer, to be powerful, to be mighty. How many microphones? First, I just feel like the Lord's confirming that you carry the two of the greatest things that just the grandparent spirit has, which is joy and wisdom. Just coming out your ears, just <laughs> overflowing. Mm. And God says that's easy because it's just being who you are. Be who you are. Be joy. Be wisdom to others. But I feel the Lord say, like, He is accelerating, He is increasing, uh, like a simple council anointing, which is just where you sit down where somebody is just in the midst of the storm and you just anchor them immediately to the Lord. That you don't have to sit there for an hour and feel like you're, you're kicking demons out and all this stuff and it's, and it's stress and it's chaos. But just, you're going to be able to take a line. I just see like a fishing line. And you're going to be able to take that person's situation, immediately tie it to Jesus, and it will have to calm. You want to say anything? Elmer, I just see your life as a, as a, a series of lessons. A series of learn from this and from that. Even from riding your bicycle across the nation. I just see there's longevity and there's endurance and perseverance in you. Even to this current project that you're in, it still shows the, the vision that God places in you. You see things before others can see them. And that vision leads you in ways that others, they, they catch it later on, and then they run with you. And so we just say, good job to the vision. And we say, good job to the endurance and the longevity. We say, good job to, to loving God's people, whether they're young or old. We just say, you love them. You love them all. And we just say, you are a shepherd. Y'all are shepherds. Mm -hmm. And we bless you in that in Jesus' name. Yes, we just bless you guys. We bless you in this position as leaders. We bless you in all that you do, your your land. We bless your land. And I just want to bless the silver saints of this house. Yes. Yes. These are very valuable and useful until the day you go to heaven. And powerful and powerful. Yes. And we just release that grandparenting anointing on you to release the giftings and callings of God that are on your life. We need your wisdom. 
pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Amen. 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 Yeah. I just uh, want to. All of a sudden, I'm nervous. No, I, I really just wanted to just come out and, and, and just say this and give a word. Um, reach out. I just want to say reach out. When I saw what happened in Minneapolis, my heart was just hurting. It was heavy. And I was hurt because it's been going on a long time. It happened to me when I was in college. I didn't get killed, but I was, you know, threatened. And God has been doing some things. I'm going, why am I in a white church? (laughs) And God has placed us. God has placed us. And we have been so loved by so many. And yet there's so many that we don't know. And God wants to have us as a church of diversity. And it takes hands reaching out. And you know, over the years, and all the jobs and all the things we've done, we've been blessed by so many people, Christians, God's people reaching out. And I've been told by others not to don't go to this church, don't go to that church. They're like this, they're like that. And I, I just say, the blessing is there. I'm going there. God is doing something from there. And for 30 years, we were in New Jersey. We didn't know. We went up there not knowing, really, anyone. Not having provision. And God made a way all the way. Look at my waistline. I'm still here. <laughs> God has blessed us, and he continues, and he wants to do the same thing here. And so... Uh, my wife has been talking. We've talked to some people in our body. And we are just wanting to see the Silver Saints reach out and touch young and touch the old. I don't know. Are there any old people here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but God is, wants to bring us together and make us an effective team. Amen. So let's pray to that end and, and just reach out. And anybody new, grab them. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm watching what's going on here at the church, and I'm learning how to just reach out. And God will bless us. He's going he's gonna to do great things amongst us. And he already has. Yeah. Amen. I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, sure. May it be said of us that we are multi-generational, multi-racial, we receive it. That's what our declaration is. Yes. All right, one more thing. <laughs> this is taking a long time today, but it's okay. But uh, just one more thing. Melody, can you just stand up? Just, you don't have to come up. Just stand up. Yeah, see Melody right there? Her heart is burning right now for what's going on, and particularly in Austin right now. I don't know if you guys know, but there is an organized protest at 1 o'clock, and she really feels like she's supposed to go up there and release the love of Jesus. That's what she feels like. But we just want to make it open if anybody else wants to go with her to go. Who she doesn't know what she's getting into. I told her she couldn't go by herself. But other than that, it, you know, we don't know. But uh, it, it'll be it'll be who knows what. But God, Amen. So we're just going to release her. And let me just pray over you, Melody, and just pray over what's going on in Austin. Even now, we just speak the peace of God. We just say liquid love, pouring out of melody, pouring out. We just send the angelic, even right now, that brings peace and chaos. Yeah, we sing about it. We're declaring it. We believe it, God. We believe it. Amen. Amen. Well, I had this exciting thought that I was going to have my full time <laughs> this week. And, uh, yeah. I don't want to share. I want to preach. And and so I just want to talk about I think we can we can go a little long today. Y'all, we're in the air conditioning and y'all can't honk your horns at me. So uh 
So, but I, I really feel like the Lord, what the Lord has been working in me and working in us in this season, this word is so important because He wants everything to produce fruit. He wants everything that He's doing around you to be in you. See, it wasn't enough for the disciples to be around the Holy Spirit. And Luke, he tells them, he says, you're going to be around the Holy Spirit, then He's going to be near you, but one day He's going to be in you. Why? Because He was showing them that that's kind of a progression in the kingdom as you get around things, and then you get near them, and then they get in you. And He's wanting to us to understand that what He is depositing in us then all of a sudden does this amazing transformation work on the inside of us so that we become transformers. See, we can transform what's going on, but we have to have it in us first. That's why the Lord started with me. Hey, is there anything in you? Why? It's not, it's not okay to be like, oh, well, we weren't talking about me, God. He's like, I was. And we have to understand that. And so uh, a few weeks ago in the parking lot, I spoke on the scripture in Mark. It's Mark 4.28. It's talking about a seeds that God is, that has been planted. It's the kingdom of God. And in Mark 4.28 it says, All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And it doesn't seem like much revelation in that, but all of a sudden I'm just reading that. I've read Mark, I don't know how many times, and all of a sudden it was this big. And the Lord says, that's what I do. And I had, all of a sudden I felt like I had a vision, and the Lord showed me a, grain of, of, a stalk of grain that had not been developed in the stalk strong enough and had this incredible deposit in it, and it couldn't hold up the deposit. And it laid over, and it produced no fruit. And the Lord began to speak to me. He's like, I need these things to happen so that you can bear fruit in your generation. And so I talked about fortitude and friendship and faith and how it builds a stalk in us. Why? Because then there's a womb on the inside of you that God wants to deposit things of the kingdom in. And as those begin to develop, then there's a fruit that comes out of you. So today I just want to talk a little bit about what does it look like that womb, what does it look like that it calls it here in this scripture, the head? What does it look like, that place? And the Lord just spoke to me, said, that's the womb of where I deposit things so that they can turn into fruit in your life. And I felt like the Lord has just begun to talk to me. He's like, I, I have put so many things in generations that they haven't let develop to produce the fruit I want out of them. Either because they gave up or they said, this is too hard. Or this is taking too long. Or they got deceived. Or they got discouraged. Or they got disappointed. And, and, and the Lord's like, come on, no. Let, guard the deposit. Guard the deposit I've got in you. Because it's, 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 it's working. It's happening. You don't see it. Maybe you don't feel it. That's, that's one of the things we have to overcome as a church. As all those things. And all of a sudden you're going to notice that when all of a sudden that spreads, there's the seed. And it's ready to go again. And so the Lord just wants you to know right now the things He's been doing in you in this season. He is now, it's deposited in you and it's growing whether you feel it or not. It's developing into the, into the very destiny and purpose He's made you for. And He's saying, I need a generation that will say yes to the working, not just yes to the fruit. We're so microwave mentality. Press the button, give me popcorn. But you know that better popcorn is done on the stove? I know, big words. Big words. But for me, I'll, I'll just say it. For me, better popcorn takes a minute. And it begins, why? Because in that process, it creates flavor. You learn technique. You learn what you like and you learn what the Father likes in it. And in this place of it developing in you, it draws you into relationship with the Father. If you just pressed a button and said, now Tom, go, there would be no relationship in that. That's called robots. You say, no, I want to grow this thing in you. And the only way it's going to grow is you be with me and me be with you. And so that's what's going on. And so I just begin to think about this, 
this amazing deposit of the Holy Ghost that was deposited on Acts 2, in Acts 2. And he said, now you've got this womb, now it's going to develop and it's going to change the world. There's more people in this room right now than there were at Pentecost. Let's change the world. How do we do that? We embrace the deposit that's been put in us. And we let it form into full maturity so that it can bear fruit. Listen to what it says in Galatians. I'm going to go through these quickly because the end is where I need to be. Galatians 4.19. If you're familiar with Galatians, you're familiar with this one. It says this. It's Paul talking to the church in Galatia. He says, My dear children, remember he had compassion, he loved them. He said, For whom I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And the word right there is, is not metamorph like something changed. It's morph. It's to be created. It's to be formed. It's the very nature of God going in you. And it has to be formed. It, has to, it takes time for it to form in You're being made into the image of Christ right now. But you also are in the image of Christ as a new creation. It is your identity. I want to tear off any things like, well, I'm just not there yet. No, your identity is a new creation. Most of you just have to learn how to walk in it. You've got to get new habits. You've got to get the habits of the new creature. It's got to form all up in you. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, why do I not speak that way anymore? Why do I not think that way anymore? It's because Christ is being formed in you. And how do we see the seed get protected? It's by the greater revelation of Jesus in us. Oh, the work of Jesus in my life is actually creating and forming me into His image. And then that place takes all the pressure off of you to perform and just get in there with Jesus and say, okay, this is going to protect the seed that's deposited in me. Law and performance kills the seed. I just want to say it again. Law and performance kills the seed. You cannot make it happen. You just got to get in there with Jesus. You got to get in there and just say the revelation of who Christ is in my life. And it may be, he says, hey, we got to deal with racism in you. Hey, we got to deal with unforgiveness. Hey, we got to deal with that because that's old nature jazz. That's old nature stuff that's not you anymore. That's old nature stuff that Jesus took. And when you have the revelation of Jesus taking it, then you just open your hand and it's gone. Why? Because that's the old man. We are a new creation, but we've got to learn to walk in it. Let it be formed in us. And so I, I begin to just think about all the ways that God develops this. And I want to say it again. I just kept hearing Him say, it's the womb of what I want to do. It's the very thing. Everywhere else that the word formed is used, it's talking about an unborn baby in the womb. Why? Because that's how He's creating. He's saying, I have something in you that's going to turn into something powerful. But you've got to let it develop. You've got to let it be in the womb of who you are and who I am in you. And it's got to be protected. Listen, I saw Rebecca up here dancing and I wanted to go over and be like, careful. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, hold her. Hold her, Jimmy. Jimmy, hold the baby. Why? Because there's something about that's so precious that you want to protect. But in the church, we haven't, we, we've tried to premature birth everything because we're like, I need my destiny out of me now. I need it out. I've got I to gotta get this out. And let me tell you, I was one born, born early. It's highly overrated. <laughs> you fight for your life. You're smaller. You're behind. And then everybody tells your story the rest of your life. What am I saying? Do not press out the things of God too early and say, I'm ready now. I have found this, that most people that say that are not. Most people that are demanding their moment of leadership or, or, or limelight or influence, they're not ready. Because that, that they're demanding it proves they're not ready. And God is saying, no, let me work it in you. And then, man, when it's time for the baby to come, no one holding it back. And everyone around knows, oh, it's time. They're like, well, let's, let's talk about this. And, and uh, if, when, when it's time, Rebecca's going to let us know. She's like, hey, hey, time. And the whole room would be like, it's time. 
What am I saying? We have to understand that in the Spirit, there's a greater pressure that God is putting on the inside and forming something in us. And He's saying, I need you to let it mature because I've got a generation that needs you. I've got a whole kernel of, of grain on the inside of you. I put one seed in and it's going to produce hundreds. And it's on the inside of you. Let it protect it. Watch over it. And I thought of the verse in, in Isaiah 60, 61. And it, it, you know, I, I know this verse really well. And, but I've never thought of it this way. It talks about that we're the planting of the Lord. We're the planting of God. And I began to think about that, and it was really interesting because we know Jesus stood up and He read the first part about releasing the captives and the blind to see and all those things. But it goes on to read about what the fruit of those who have let the seed germinate on the inside of them, what it will produce. And it's not just signs and wonders. Even though we want signs and wonders, yes? One more time. We want signs and wonders, yes? But they are not the marker if you're a follower of Jesus. They're the overflow of being a follower of Jesus. And we recognize that and we recognize it, but all of a sudden it says you're the planting of the Lord. And what has happened? He said, hey, there's a whole group in Israel that are grieving. And you're going to turn their beauty into ashes. And you're going to turn their sorrow, their mourning, oh wait, their ashes into beauty I was like that didn't sound right I'm going to turn, you're going to turn their mourning into joy you're going to turn despair into praise but I got to do it in you first see I got to remind you that most of us we want to do all these things and God says I want to do these things in you you, you can't turn ashes to beauty if you're, you're still an ash and the Lord began to speak to me, and, and I, I know this, He began to show me, He's like, hey, this is how I create the womb on the inside of you. I heal you up on the inside so that nothing can be toxic on the inside of you to the seed that's in you. Nothing can choke out the seed. We know the enemy's constantly trying to choke out the seed from Matthew 13, right? He wants to choke it out however he can do it. Love of money, others, lack of depth, all those things want to choke out the seed. And so I just want to talk about these three things because God's going to work it in you. And, and I, I'm going to end today with the thought on repentance. Repentance is... I'll just be honest. I've avoided using the word repentance a lot because most people think it then is, it is confessing gross sin. But repentance is a change of thinking. Turning away from it. And I feel like there's going to be a repentance that comes on us today that say, where I have embraced ashes in my life, I now embrace beauty. Where I have embraced mourning, I now choose joy. A repentance. I felt like the Lord told me a spirit of repentance is going to come on us today. And so I just want to talk about these three things real quick. And I feel like the Lord gave me something really cool. Actually, I left something on my desk. Timothy, I need you to go get... There's a thing on Job on my desk. It's all right. Mine are right there. So, Beauty for Ashes. Melody can tell you this. I've been listening to this song from Upper Room, and no one guessed my emojis when we did our emoji game for the favorite worship song I'm listening to, Beauty for Ashes. And there's this part where they just begin to sing to the Lord and they just, listen, they're going crazy. Why? Because they're having a revelation that God wants to take the worst places in their past, the places of pain and hurt, and turn them beautiful. And there's a spirit of revelation as they're singing. It hits the room and you can see people getting free on the video as you're watching. And I want to tell you that God is releasing a spirit in here to turn ashes into beauty today. And it's really interesting when you... This is a giant subject, but I wrote this down because I wanted to give a little bit of definition for what ashes looks like in the Scriptures. You know, ash and sackcloth, it's all over the Old Testament, right? 
And, and it really was a symbol of carrying the weight of loss. But in the Old Testament, it was carrying it as that it was the end moment. A carrying of the weight of something that was lost. But in the Old Testament, no hope beyond that. Just this is, I'm taking on ashes. And it's really interesting that in Job, when his friends find him, it says he's sitting in the ash, covering himself with ash. What's he doing? He's grieving the loss of what had gone on. He's grieving what he thought was going to be what God did in his life. He's grieving, and man, we don't have time to get into how it all happened. But, but God had a plan of redemption. Can I say that for Job? We oftentimes forget that. Remember, all the friends spoke poorly of God. That's what it says. But God had a plan of redemption for Job's life. And he lost his family. He lost his herds. He lost his houses. He lost his children. None of us can say that at that level. And he ends up in ash and he's just sitting there. And it says he was so overwhelmed. I read this this week. It says his friends came and they just sat with him for seven days and said nothing. That was their best moment when they were quiet. It really was. It was their best moment. God didn't rebuke them for coming. He rebuked them for bad advice. But as they sat there, they didn't know what to do because they were like, man, there's so much ash. And we know the story that God comes and begins to reveal to Job and there's all this dialogue and, and, and finally Job begins to say, I don't have any hope and God begins to show him and reach in there and restore him. But it's interesting at the end in, in Job 42, it talks about all the things that God redeemed. It's really interesting. It starts with like his herds and his sheep and his donkeys and all these things. And then it gets to his children. It says he had seven sons and three daughters. And like, you're like okay. But then it, it has a really interesting verse that says, but these three daughters were the most beautiful in the land. They were the most beautiful in the land. What happened? God took the worst moment in Job's life, full of ash, and turned it into beauty. He took it. And it says they even received an inheritance with their brothers, which was totally against the rules. Why? Because they were so recognized that this is the favor of God. This is the seed of God, of ashes being turned into beauty. And, and it's really interesting that they're named really strange names and because Job was naming them by what everything meant. And the three names are this. He named the first one affection. Why? Because in the place of encountering the Lord in redemption, you always know His love. You might not know the why. You, not know, you might not know why it ever happened. But you know the love of God in it. And you stand up when people are in turmoil and say, I know this, God is good and His love endures forever. You can only say that when ash has been turned to beauty in your life. At that moment where you think, I'm going to die, I want to die, I never want to breathe again, and God says, I got you. And I'm going to show you why. The second one he names Cassia, which is really interesting because it's in the anointing oil. He says, not only... Have I met his love? But I've met his anointing to live. The anointing to not just overcome, but the anointing to walk in beauty. He looked at that baby and said, I call you the anointing. The last one is such an interesting name, and you notice I'm not saying them. That's because this one's a real mouthful. But it means horn of strength. Horn of strength. And the Lord just began to show me. I was like, God, what is that? And it's really about this metal that they use to strengthen. Even right now, it's a metal on the, uh, on the table that they put into steel and lead and things to make it stronger. That's what he named her. And he was saying, God has put a strength in me. And this. Part of beauty to ashes, ashes to beauty is that you're powerful when you come out. Because sometimes we think about beauty as being dainty. And it's beautiful, but it's powerful. And it's strong. 
And I just, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to go into this today for a minute just to say, He's going to take the place of ashes in your life. And the seed that's in there, He's going to turn it into beauty. And it's going to protect the seed that's on the inside of you. It's going to literally be a womb where you can say, everyone I come in contact that has ash on them, I'm going to put beauty all over them. Whether they know it or not, they're going to get smeared with the anointing of beauty. I'm going to walk by and when someone's raging in unforgiveness and hurt and pain, I'm going to say it's going to be okay and peace is going to go into them. Why? Because ash has been turned into beauty in my life. The second one is, is much the same, but it's the oil of joy for mourning. And blessed are those who mourn, right? Because they'll be comforted. So we have to understand that mourning in the kingdom is okay if we allow the comforter to come in. Then it, or if not, it just turns into grief, anger, and pain. But if it's mourning, it allows the Holy Spirit to come in and all of His comfort. And, I, you know, I was just reading. I've got to do a lot of Bible reading in this stretch. And I've busted out Psalms a couple times. And, and I, I love what it says in Psalms 126. We all know it. It says, Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations... The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. What was going on? There were places of mourning in Israel that God had done such miraculous intervention in and restoration in that nations looked at them and said, God has done great things for them. They looked at their journey from Egypt to the promised land and said, God has done great things for them. They looked at all the mess that man can create and God continue to overcome and craft it for their good. And they would say, God has done great things for them. And what was going on? As the nations declared it, they said, and we're full of joy. What am I saying? I believe there's a place, and this is where in community is so important, that when you are in a place of mourning and despair and hurt and pain, you can have others say, look what God has done for you. And all of a sudden, it's like a seed of joy on the inside of you. And it may not be like, I feel happy. Because it's a seed. But then the next person says, look what God has done for you, Billy Vance. And the day where it's hard, you say, look what God has done for me. And all of a sudden, joy begins to fill your life. And the oil of joy begins to be smeared all over you as you recognize the restoration and the goodness of God in your life. And you let it get so smeared on you that when people see you, you're so, you're so full of joy. Why? Look what God has done for me. And that joy is protecting the seed in the womb on the inside of you. Why? Because bitterness and anger and disappointment Kill seeds. I can tell you how many people I've sat with and like, oh, I've missed it and God's given up on me. I'm like, no. Purpose and destiny of God is still on the inside of you. We just got to get that other junk off of the seed. God is, He's building it. So if you're in any place of mourning, maybe you're mourning a loss or you're mourning a decision or, or you're just mourning that maybe your child's not walking with God, it's got to get out of the morning. I think it's in Psalms 30. It says, He's turned my morning into dancing. How's that happen? Only with the oil of gladness wiped all over you. It begins to protect something where like you, you, your actions begin to actually match the very deposit on the inside of you. Last one. You're doing pretty good. It's a miracle. Skipping giant sections, but it's good. The, the last one is a garment of praise for despair. Now, I just want to make sure we only are not defining praise as what we did this morning. Even though it was radical praise that he's worthy of. It looks a lot like heaven. Just tell me it's not true. I'll read you Revelations 4. It looks a lot like heaven. But there's other levels of praise. 
There's deep personal praise with God when no one's there and you're with Him and you see Him in His glory and you just begin to give Him all praise and glory and honor. And I say that because I don't, I don't want us to get into performance. Like if I'm not dancing and raising my hands, then I'm not praising. Hopefully you're dancing and raising your hands because of overflow. But your, home, uh, your life at home is a life of praise. Your life in your car when that guy cuts you off is a life of praise. Your life when you get that text of someone being a real jewel is a life of praise. What am I saying? There's a place where the actual praise of God begins to dictate our emotions and our responses and then our lifestyle. And God's saying, I want to give you a garment of praise, not a moment of praise. I like a garment of praise because that means you put it on. And it's going to protect that seed on the inside of you. It's going to be thanksgiving. Even when all hell looks like it's breaking loose and everybody else is saying the opposite. You know what's on, you, on the inside of you. And I'm going to give Him praise. I, I was wondering where to go with this and, and the Holy Spirit is so good. I was reading in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians and it was talking about this treasure we have in earthen vessels. We all know that verse, right? Yeah, please? You're a clay vessel. You've got treasure on the inside of you. It's one of the most artistic, creative things that Paul ever said as a teacher. But it was the next verse that blew me away. I'm going to read 7 though. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. So remember, the deposit is not from you. This treasure that's on the inside of you is not dictated by your performance. You didn't earn it, and you can't keep it by earning it. It's given to you. And you have this treasure on the inside. But listen to what the treasure produces. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. But I want to go back to, we are perplexed, but not in despair. And I felt like the Lord just spoke to me and was reading that. And He's like, that's where I want you to go. Instead of despair, I've given you praise. He began to show me that the way that we actually establish and put on the garment of praise is recognize the treasure on the inside of us. What Paul was saying is, hey, it has not been easy. This church planning, this dealing with people, with racism, with Romans, with Jews, with Gentiles, with the law, with circumcision, with uncircumcision. It's not been fun. See, because I don't ever want to preach something right. It's going to be easy. No, I'm telling you, there's grace and a treasure on the inside of you that's worth it all. But all of a sudden, he says, we've had all these things happen, but we're not in despair. Why? Because we've kept our eyes on the treasure. We have the surpassing power that's on the inside of us. And as we gaze into the treasure of who God is in our lives, all hell can be breaking loose and I'm not in despair. I can say, praise be to God who leads me into triumph. Praise be to God who's met me at every turn. Why? Because the treasure is greater than the, than the earthly test. Now, I'm not discounting your test. Please hear me. I understand it's hard. I understand the devil's trying to kill you, steal from you, and destroy you. But there's a treasure that wants to protect you and the seed on the inside of you. So he says, I want you to actually... Change the next generation. Change the one you're going into so they feel less despair. Increase. He's like, Robert, I need you to increase. Why? Because i got a whole other line of Joneses. And I need them to be greater than you. And he said, i got this seed on the inside of you, Robert. And I'm protecting it with a treasure. 
And I've got this treasure. And he's saying, look at the treasure and it'll take off the pressure. Look at the treasure and it will cause you to live above despair. Look at the treasure and you'll say, yeah, it's perplexing, but I'm not in despair. Look at the treasure and it won't be abandoned. See, we've got to have that happen in us before we can give it away. Or you're giving away theory. You're giving away something like, I hope God shows up. I hope He shows up in you, Tom. I hope He shows up in me. No, He's saying, I'm building it in you. It doesn't mean you have to be a drug addict to deal with drug addicts. I just want to say that. It doesn't mean you have to walk through the exact same thing. You get the grace that comes in you and says, I know it's hard. But there may be things that people are exactly walking through that you've walked through and say, oh, have I got a story for you. And it always ends in praising Jesus, not in you. It always ends in, I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we made it through it, but praise be to God who led us into triumph. And then when the music hits, you can't help but dance and raise your hands. You can't help but when you get in His presence. I love what Derek Prince says. In, in the early 70s, Derek Prince was saying, someone cleverly out of Q&A said, hey, if you had 10 minutes to pray, Derek Prince one of the smartest dudes of his generation, what would you pray? And he said, I'd spend the first nine minutes in praise and adoration of my father. And after that, I would know exactly what to ask for. What am I saying? Praise protects the seed. It's thanksgiving. It's rejoicing. It's testimony. I've got so many things that produce praise in your life. But it's a garment. God's wanting to put it on us again today. It's one of our core values here. It really is. It's a core value. We will not be outpraised. You can do your best, but at least we're gonna we're gonna be a tie, which I hate ties. <laughs> but hopefully you're tying us. But in my mind, I'll know we won. <laughs> and if you don't think like me, you're like, "Oh, that's so mean." I won. <laughs> you're in second, <laughs> or as Damaris calls it, first place, first place loser. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, if I can't let my personality out, then what are we doing up here? Now we're going to end. Isn't it nice that we didn't have to ask for wind to help us make it to the end of the sermon? Someone hasn't cranked their car up by now and given me the sign, you're going too long. There's a little bit of fan waving out there. But I believe this, that we would miss the moment right now if we don't take a minute on Pentecost Sunday to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Some of you, he's wanting to put new seeds in you right now. I can feel it. Like that seed's dead. Ah, in the scripture, a dead seed is good. It produces more seed. That seed's getting choked out. Now the Holy Spirit's going to pull that stuff off of there today. Maybe you're in the ash. Like, I don't see how any beauty can come from this. And I just want to tell you, beauty for ashes. And, and listen, you don't have to go back and dig up something deep. Ash can just be one place of fear in your heart that's trying to steal from you. doesn't have to be some huge thing. Maybe it's you're mourning something, the loss of something. And God's saying, hey, I want to give you the oil of joy today. Or maybe you just need that garment of praise put right around you and just say, I'm going to praise and let it protect the seed of God on the inside of me. And despair will have no power over me. So I'm going to ask you all to stand up. I know what I saw this morning, so ready or not, here He comes. Here He comes. Who's that? That's Holy Spirit. And there's some debate of whether He's a gentleman or not. He won't do anything we want. He'll do what we need. But if you give Him access... It'll be a whole lot quicker. So just right now, I just want you to open your heart up to Him. Some of you have specific areas that as I was talking, you need to let Him in. Some of you are like, I don't know. Then just let Him in all the way. Let Him come in. It's a transfer today. I'm going to protect that. He's going to protect that seed. He's going to put seeds in you. I feel like there's someone in here right now as I was talking. 
You just don't feel like you have any destiny in you. You're just like living to pay the bills and take care of your family. And the Lord says, first of all, taking care of your family is your destiny. But there's about to be a download on the inside of you as your ashes turn to beauty and say, I'm going to smear that on everyone I talk to. I'm going to give that away for free. And I, I just know I'm supposed to do this. If you're just willing today to just say, I've had some of these areas in my life and I'm going to walk in repentance. And what I mean by that is I'm going to allow him to come in and help me change my thinking. I'm going to say, raise your hand right now. Repentance is not a dirty word in the church. It's the beginning of transformation. So right now, as your children, we just say, come. And build the womb on the inside of us that will carry the seeds of your kingdom to full birth. Where we look and we say, how the whole field get planted and say, from your life. From your life. Allow Holy Spirit to take those places where maybe you've even smeared ash all over you and said, this is who I am. And He says, now I've got to wipe that off of you and call you beautiful. No more ash. No more identifying with that place. But beauty. Beauty in your thought process. Beauty in your reality. Beauty in your mind and heart. Beauty for everyone to see. We just say, come Holy Spirit now. You're here. Come love on your people. Come exchange. Come exchange.
Yeah, Tom was just feeling this, and I just feel it's what the Holy Spirit is saying right now. Just to those of you who have just, I feel like the enemy has actually made the process of what God's doing in your life the enemy. <laughs> and like, get me out of this, or I'm ready, I'm ready. And, and it's actually trying to circumvent what God is doing in your life. Listen, we've all had it. And not one person in here hasn't wanted the seed to be at full fruit immediately. But I think there's a, pr- a place where you lean into God and just say, I trust you. I trust you. This is your process, your treasure, your perfect pearl on the inside of me, and you'll do it. Some of you, I just hear the Lord saying, take your hands off. Just take your hands off. It's actually hindering where he's taking you. Take the hands off of the seed that's on the inside of you and just say, here it is, God. Because it's not your identity. It's your overflow. So we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. It's almost one, and the AC's running. So we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in us. We just declare peace over our nation as we go out. We declare that we are carriers of peace, justice, life, righteousness. And we declare change, change in our nation, change what's unjust, change, God, what's not you, God. And we say on earth as it is in heaven. So I just bless you guys. Thank you for being so diligent today in your pursuit of the Lord. It's beautiful. Just honor you all and we will see you here next week and we'll be watching your emails we have a lot of community ideas that we're wanting to do and connection 
We're just waiting for to make sure that you all were comfortable with it, but I'm guessing you are, so we're going to just go for some of those things. And so just be watching your email and be expecting a leader to reach out to you.